0: Welcome back to Medallion Media, episode two. I'm your host, Max Levenston, coming back at you. In this episode, we are talking about drafting a commercial real estate offer. What does that look like? What's entailed? And how can you write better offers going forward? Let's dive into it. First and foremost, as I'm sure you already know, commercial real estate is full of acronyms. People just love to sound extra smart, by throwing together a couple letters and abbreviating everything. Luckily for you, I'm here to help you decipher through the nonsense and to actually learn some good stuff here. So when it comes to commercial real estate offers, they're often going to be referred to as LOIs. What does that stand for? Letter of Intent. Basically, that is the first step. That's essentially the handshake agreement on paper determining the different terms and uh, guidelines for what the contract of sale is going to reflect. So the LOI is drafted. It's basically bullet points detailing different components of the offer. And once that is accepted, then it goes to PSA, which is a purchase and sales agreement once that purchase and sales agreement is fully executed that is when you are officially under contract we are going to talk about several of the components that are typical in these types of offers and what you can look out for also it's going to be important to talk about you know what some of your competitors are going to be putting in their offers and what's going to help you win the deal Basically, the point of an LOI is to save time and money. In essence, it spells out the most important points of your offer and it avoids having either party needing to hire an attorney to draft up a contract if you and the seller are not even in the same ballpark. LOIs can be exchanged back and forth as counter offers. And then once an offer is finally agreed upon, that's when the attorneys can get involved to draft a purchase and sales agreement. What's important to keep in mind is that the letter of intent or the LOI is non-binding, which means that if you've spent weeks negotiating this and although you have a fully signed LOI there's nothing preventing either party from walking away from the deal before the contract is signed this is because the letter of intent is not non-binding and it doesn't obligate either party to upholding any of the terms within the agreement now the other thing i want to talk about is how to write up an LOI. So I would definitely recommend speaking with a commercial real estate broker to assist you with this. Uh, I would be more than happy to discuss this further with you if you're considering writing up an offer. But what's important to know is that every single property and every single letter of intent is going to be different to reflect the situation. So if you're going to go the route of drafting up the LOI yourself, i would strongly suggest that you find a template online i'm not going to give any specific links or examples but compare and contrast a few different options take a few different clauses and bits that you like that make sense it's not supposed to be attorney language or you know super difficult to read and understand letters of intent are much more straightforward so a few of the common components that are found in most letters of intents or offers are the following. You'll have a due diligence clause, uh, possibly a financing contingency, and your deposit, and then your closing terms. Now, those are just a few of the basics, um, the absolute you know, bare minimum of what will be included in an offer, but those are really your main points. So you have your due diligence, your deposit, uh, any financing contingencies or other contingencies that you may need to have included, and your closing. If you are putting an offer in on a competitive and highly desirable property. You have to remember or keep in mind that you're probably not the only one that's after this, and you're definitely not the only one who's, uh, you know, underwriting it and spending time looking at this investment opportunity as well. So you have to just consider what you can do to strengthen your offer, and you know, win the deal. Let's talk about a few different examples of what you can do to make that happen. Now, you might be thinking, whoa, Max, if it's a million dollar asset, I'm not going to go and pay, you know, 1.1 or something like that to make the deal happen and get it. I'm just not going to overpay. You know, I would completely agree with you. The numbers have to work for you. You have to think about what the seller wants out of this as well. Now, the two common things that everybody thinks about when thinking about an offer are the price and then the terms. Now, by no means am I telling you to overpay for any real estate, but it is important to put forward as strong of terms as possible, especially when it's in such a competitive real estate market as we're seeing today. So essentially, if you can put in another twenty-thirty thousand dollars in your deposit, you know, by all means, that's go only going to help you. If you can make the deposit become non-refundable after due diligence, these things reassure the seller in the situation that you're serious about the property and you're gonna do everything in your power to close on it as fast as possible. So when it comes to closing on a real estate transaction it's important to keep in mind that although the buyer and seller want the same outcome which is to close they want the process to be completely different each of them have their own perspectives on how they ideally want the transaction to go a buyer that has you know maybe a quarter million down as a deposit that's now hard or non-refundable is going to be way more likely to close on the deal if a little hiccup is found throughout the way. You can make the seller feel much more confident in you and your offer by strengthening the terms. And that will ultimately get you that much closer to getting the deal and growing your commercial real estate portfolio. And as always, before we end the episode, we're going to finish with our Minute of Music segment. I'm really excited to talk about today's music sample because the two genres are quite different. And it's a really fun song, and I really like the way they sampled it. So let's check it out. In 1999, Carlos Santana, the famous Latin rock star, came out with the song Maria Maria. This was featured on the album called Supernatural. It starts off with a very heavy drum kick and an unmistakable guitar strum. Take a listen. Ladies and gents. Now we fast forward all the way to 2017. DJ Khaled, a well-known contemporary hip-hop and rap DJ comes out with the song Wild Thoughts featuring Rihanna and Bryson Tiller. This is featured on his album Grateful. At the very beginning of the song and throughout, he very clearly uses Santana's sample from Maria Maria. Check it out. Another one. Another one. We the best music so now after you've heard each of the different songs you might know one you might know both either way i hope you could see the connection between the two and i hope you found that interesting see you in the next episode play by